0: We'll be looking at Romans chapter 7, verses 13 through to 25. Did that which is good then become death to me? By no means. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it used what is good to bring about my death, so that through the commandment, sin might become utterly sinful. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual sold as a slave to sin I do not understand what I do for what I want to do I do not do but what I hate I do and if I do what I do not want to do I agree that the law is good as it is it is no longer I myself who do it but it is sin living in me for I know what that good itself does not dwell in me that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, I'm a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. This is God's word.
1: Morning, everyone. Um, it, is a, it is a strange one, but extraordinarily relevant, I think. Uh, it, it, it matches our experience uh, really well. So as we dig in it, it, dig into it together, um, let's pray that God would speak uh, to us. Heavenly Father, we, we praise you that you have spoken to us in your word, that you're word matches what we, what we know to be true in our own lives and that it gives us um, hope and it gives us uh, the, the means of real change in our lives that is not through our own efforts but through uh, your spirit. Father, please would you uh, show us that this morning as we look at these words in Jesus' name. Amen. Is there anything more frustrating in life than knowing that you should be able to do something but constantly uh, failing to do it? I think the, um, uh, the best example of this, well, the most easy example to start with in my life, is IKEA flat pack furniture. Okay? I'm a competent, mostly competent um, adult. I should be able to put together um, a, a piece of flat pack furniture, and yet experience has taught me that again and again, uh, I, I feel, uh, I need someone to come and rescue me, usually Sharon, my wife. Um, I, need, I need the instructions, which often I have left uh, far, uh, far from me. I, I, and it's frustrating, isn't it? I should be able to do this. I really ought uh, to be able to do this. And yet, time and again, I fall short. And you end up, I guess, wanting to just pack the whole thing in uh, together. Uh, altogether, Get, buy, a, buy a proper piece of furniture, uh, not a flat pack piece of furniture. That's a very silly example, but I wonder if you ever feel that, that same frustration in your own life, maybe an, an aspect of your character, something that you, you love to change. You ought uh, to, by now, being a competent adult, uh, be able uh, to be different, and yet time and again, uh, you fall short. That's true of, of the Christian um, as well. We've been seeing through Romans um, that the Christian has been made new. They have God's Spirit uh, dwelling in them. And yet, uh, sin is still a reality uh, for the Christian. It is an ongoing battle. There often feels like there's a huge gap between, um, between the amazing gospel truths that Romans has been speaking about and the reality of, of, of my day-to-day uh, existence I mean, even when, when you really do believe those gospel truths, uh, sin is a daily reality uh, in our lives. I mean, it's those things that, that, that keep coming uh, again and again, even after maybe we feel we've made some progress. It could be a whole, whole series of things, our, our behaviors, um, sexual sin, um, anger, pride, uh, fear of what others uh, think, always trying to please other people, whatever it is. There are so many things that, that we just feel we ought to be doing better. We have God's Spirit if we're we're trusting in Christ. And I think that that frustration is what Paul is expressing here in Romans 7. That tension between what you long to do and what you so so often end up doing. And he expresses it here, I think, to give us hope that, that that is a battle of every Christian if that is your experience, that that frustration, it doesn't mean you're not a Christian. It doesn't mean you're less of a Christian. It is the the normal Christian experience. Actually, as Paul describes it here, it, it, it does mean that God's Spirit is at work in you, exposing that sin and helping you to fight it. So we'll see as we go through. Um, if you've um, been with us, you'll, you'll know that the context, Romans 6, Paul had said amazing things about the fact that we are no longer slaves to sin if we are trusting in Jesus. You have died to sin, and it is no longer your master. And the, the following chapter, Romans 8, is one of the high points of the whole New Testament, talking about what it means to live that life of the Spirit. And yet in between, you get Romans 7, you get the other side of those wonderful truths. You get, you get the frustration. You get the ongoing reality of sin in our lives now. And so we'll see as we go through that, that when we feel that frustration, when we see that gap, we're not to be discouraged. That we're not to give up. We're to keep going and keep fighting because God's Spirit is at work in you. If you want to follow uh, the outline on the the handout, Uh, we'll see these three things about our Christian experience, about our lives, our lived experience now. That is that I keep doing what I don't want to do. Secondly, that I delight in God, but I feel like I'm at war. And thirdly, I know the wretched battle continues until heaven. So three things we'll see uh, about our uh, experience as we go through. Firstly then, I keep doing what I don't want to do, verses 13 to 20. Verse 13 is is sort of a link between uh, what we saw last week and what we'll see this week. Here, Paul is talking about the effect of the law and the the, the rules given by God uh, in the Old Testament. He says this, Did that which is good then become death to me? By no means. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it used what is good to bring about my death so that through the commandments, sin might become utterly sinful. Paul's point from last week, or when we last looked at Romans 7, was the law is good, but it cannot make us good. The law exposes um, sin and shows it up for what it is. Um, It's like like a microscope that diagnoses our condition, but has no power in itself to change us. But hang on, Paul's point all through Romans has been that the gospel, the good news about Jesus, has the, is the power of salvation, God's power of salvation. So is the law now different, now I'm a Christian? Does it have a different impact? Well, yes and no. Um, Paul switches uh, from last week, uh, talking about uh, his pre-Christian experience, now in these verses, to his experience as a Christian. He has been talking about the past at uh, the past in the past tense now he's in, speaking in the present tense verse 14 we know that the law is spiritual but I am unspiritual sold as a slave to sin now that comes as, as a surprise given what Paul's already said about the fact we're no longer slaves to sin sin is not our master that was his big point in in chapter 6 so what is he saying here he's saying yes yeah, sin isn't isn't my master anymore but as you look at the evidence on the, on the ground so often in my life, sometimes it is as if I am still a slave to sin. Because if you look at my life, you see I keep sinning. And Paul unpacks for us what that feels like, that sense of frustration. Verse 15, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. you the, sense the frustration uh, in, uh, of Paul in his own experience. He, he's saying, uh, at the same time, both incredibly positive things and um, incredibly negative things about his own experience. I want to do good, but I end up doing what I hate, I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. That is the tension um, that each Christian lives with. If you're a Christian this morning, you have been given new life in the Spirit. And you want to do what God says, but often uh, you feel You end up doing the opposite. I wonder if you know that experience uh, from your own life. It is frustrating, isn't it? And it can leave you wondering, what on earth is going on? What is that? If you remember um, when we last looked at Romans 7, we used an example of uh, of Dan. Um, He was a made-up example, but could be real. Someone who just struggles again and again with anger. We saw in the first half of Romans 7 that, that in order to change, Dan was not to be motivated by fear, all the things he might lose, but by love, love for God and love for uh, those uh, around him. And it would be easy for him to to get that, but to feel discouraged when in his lived experience, he does still struggle with anger. Just when he thinks he's doing better, something will, will trigger it again. How is he supposed to feel about that? What is that? What is going on inside him? when he feels that anger bubbling up? Well, Paul says here, it is the sinful nature, that literally the, the flesh. That is, the, the flesh part of me keeps drawing me back um, into sin. And so sin will be a reality in my life as long as I am in the body. Now, that might, that might be discouraging. It might sound discouraging because that's all of our lives, isn't it? But there is also a note of hope here. Do you see how Paul distinguishes who he really is from his sinful nature? You get it again and again. Verse 17 and verse 20, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So if you're a Christian, who you really are is someone who does have God's spirit, who wants to do what God says. And yet, um, you still live in a fallen body in a fallen world. And so, as Paul describes the tension, he says, "When I sin, that is actually not the true me." He's not excusing sin. He's not just saying, "Oh, you know, it it wasn't, wasn't. It's not my fault." He's not excusing it. He's highlighting the tension, and he's saying, "Actually, when I sin as a Christian." that really is not who i am. Now we find that hard to believe, don't we? And we we get suspicious of people when they say, "Oh, that's, that wasn't the real me. Oh, that 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 thing that i did, that, that wasn't the real me." And we wonder, well, "Well, who was it? Who was it?" But actually for the Christian, what we've been seeing in Romans is that there is a real them. They are really in Christ they've been given a new life in him and so even when when we feel the pull of sin we wonder what on earth am i doing why can i not do what i want to do actually paul says here that is not the real you the tension is real but you really are in christ i keep doing what i don't want to do secondly Paul moves on to say, I, I delight in God, but I feel like I'm at war. This is it's the same tension, same frustration Paul's describing here, but from a slightly different angle. Verse 21. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. In my inner being, I delight in God's law. He's saying, look, right at the center of who I am in Christ is someone who wants to do What God has said and yet verse 23 I see another law at work in me waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me he says it's it's not surprising that you feel that gap that you feel that frustration between what you want to be and what you so often end up doing it's not a surprise because sin is waging a war against the believer. Sin doesn't want you living out at the Christian life. And so because you're in Christ, um, sin will launch everything it's got uh, at you. So often it feels like we're prisoners of war, doesn't it, in that battle? Like sin is at work in us and we begin to wonder which side am I really on? But the battle is so fierce, Paul says, for the exact reason that you do belong to Jesus. I don't know if you've, if you've found that, if you would call yourself a Christian. and the, the longer that you go on in the Christian life, the more aware of sin uh, you become. If you can remember back to uh, a time maybe before you were a Christian, you may have occasionally been, been troubled by sin, by your sin. But for the most part, um, you just went along with it. It's a bit like um, when, you, when you're on your bike and you're cycling with the wind. I and mean, it's at your back and you barely notice it. And you think, wow, I'm doing, I'm doing so well. Off I go. Until, of course, you turn around and go the other way. And then it feels like hard work. Then you really notice it. It's hard and, and you put a lot of effort into to almost go nowhere. It can feel like sometimes. Well, that is what it's like when you become a Christian. Um, before, you, you were just going along uh, with the sinful nature quite happily uh, without even really noticing. But now that, that you've repented, literally turned around, and are trying to go the other way, well, you feel uh, the battle. And so that, that feeling of frustration, that awareness um, of our sin is a sign, can be a sign of spiritual life. If you imagine um, <clears throat> two, two enemy spies have been captured um, by their enemy, two spies have been captured by their enemy, and one um, tells all, you know, gives in uh, incredibly quickly and has the easier, uh, easier life for it. But the second one, who is faithful, well, they're the ones that often suffer and feel. At the battle more fiercely. Paul says, "Look, as a Christian, I delight in God. I want to go His way, but I feel like I'm waging war. I am waging war." Thirdly, we'll see. Then I know that the wretched battle continues until heaven. Here, I think, um, in verses twenty-four and twenty-five, Paul's frustration at his lived experience it, it reaches its peak but it also turns, uh, turns his eyes to the hope of the gospel. Verse 24. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? <clears throat> Excuse me. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. Paul just burst out with what a wretched man I am. That frustration at, at, at our own inability uh, to change, at the contradictions in my life, at that gap, they just make him want to cry out. And there is a rightness about that, isn't there? That sense of frustration. When we feel that tension, when we feel that pull of sin, at pulling us back, we don't want to be casual about it. We don't want to, uh, shrug it off as if it doesn't matter. Uh, it should feel frustrating. I wonder when the last time uh, your sin made you feel like that, when it really made you think, "What a wretched man, woman, I am." But the point here um, <clears throat> is not that, that Paul then wallows um, in despair. His frustration that takes him to Jesus, doesn't it? He says, who is going to rescue me from this body of death? When we feel that frustration with ourselves, when we feel that battle with sin, we should want something else. We should long for something else. But the problem is that, that we often think that that something else is something outside of Jesus. We think, well, I'm, I, I'm a Christian, but it doesn't seem to be working I still feel that pull of sin. And so we look somewhere else. And Paul says, no, that that thing that you long for is the reality of the gospel, the full reality of the gospel, which comes verse 25. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, there is a struggle now between the sinful flesh and the new self, the new life that is real. But it is not a fight, a war that goes on forever. And the victory is assured. There is hope even in the frustration. What is that hope? Well, it is that Jesus will return and free us from our sin once and for all. Jesus is the one who has begun that work of deliverance through his death on the cross. The penalty for our sin has been paid by Jesus he has given us his spirit who lives in us and will walk with with us and is slowly changing us to be more like Christ and that work will be finished one day when Jesus returns and that is a wonderful hope isn't it when we feel the frustration of our sin now when we feel our own weakness and you're frustrated for for lack of of progress, for feeling in the same way time and time again, there is a day coming when we will not feel that tension, that frustration anymore. We will not know what that tension is. We will not feel it anymore, because what we long for to be like Jesus, that day will have come. He will set us free from our sin entirely, fully, finally, and forever. And I think that that understanding, both of his own wretchedness and the hope of the gospel, that is what allows Paul to say um, at the end, verse 25. So then, I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Paul's happy to say, yeah, I am a bit of a contradiction. There is a gap between the gospel truths that I proclaim and my lived reality. I really want to do what God says, but I am still a sinner. And yet, even in that frustration, that is the normal Christian experience and it will not go on forever. It does have an expiry date. What are we to do with that then? Um, three, three things, I think. Three different, three different groups. We might be in one of three places this morning, I think. Um, for some of us, and I think this is the main sort of line of application from the passage, some of us are really feeling uh, the battle with sin. And we feel discouraged. We feel ready to, to give up. Maybe you wonder if, um, if, you, really, if you even are a Christian, when sin is still such a reality in your life, when you keep messing up, I think this passage would say to us, don't give up. Don't give up. And that feeling of frustration is a normal, a good part of the Christian life. And you are not alone in that, and you are not less of a Christian because of it. Don't give up. Se- second group, perhaps, um, maybe feeling more complacent. Um, maybe, uh, maybe we think we're doing okay. Um, our Christian life feels pretty, pretty straightforward, uh, really. Well, except this passage would say you know, the Christian life is is like being in a war zone. It's being in the heat of, of battle. If you lived in um, in a war zone at the minute if you lived in, in eastern Ukraine you wouldn't be casual or complacent about, about anything even a trip to the, to the shops any, uh, anything you would want to be ready for what was coming so if, if, if that is you if, if you're feeling complacent well expect a battle because Paul says we're one and thirdly and finally then uh, uh, for all of us we, we must fight we must fight on. Some of us may even be in, in danger if you, if you don't see the need to fight sin in your own life, if you're sort of in, in holiday mode rather than, than war ready. Maybe, maybe you don't think sin is that serious and you'd much rather spend time thinking about something else. Paul says, no, the sinful nature, it, it is real. It is a powerful enemy, and so we must go on fighting. We must battle against it. And wonderfully, we have been equipped. We have all the equipment we need. We have God's spirit living in us, so fight. It's It's a funny little passage in many ways, but I think it is enormously helpful, particularly where you're aware of the battle with sin. And that battle is not a sign of failure. It is a sign that the fight goes on and that God's Spirit is at work in you. And so let me encourage you to, to keep looking to Jesus. And remember what is true of you now. Remember what we've seen in the rest of Romans. Sin is no longer your master, even when it fails so often like you are its prisoner. Remember that, that ultimately it is Jesus' righteousness that saves you and keep going because Jesus is much more powerful than our sinful nature and he is coming back and we will be like him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we we praise you that the gospel gives us all that we need to live for you. Father, even in those times when we fall short, Father, we we long to do one thing, and yet so often we end up doing the the opposite. We end up doing another. Father, thank you that, that your word gives us hope, that that is both the normal Christian experience, but it is not our forever experience. Father, Jesus will return, and we will be made like him. Father, would would that give us hope? Would it give us courage uh, to to battle on now, to fight sin, and to not despair even when we feel that frustration, uh, but to look to Jesus and to keep trusting in him? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.